Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This episode of the Power Ranking Show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for football, basketball, baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and the easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games that are available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code Believe. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, bet online where the game starts. And that, of course, is the voice of at Marcus underscore Mosher. This is the Power Rankings podcast, a.k.a. the Power Rankings show on the Believe Network, Brinks TV, and, of course, straight from Marcus's posh office, home office. Is there, like, a pullout bed in there? I mean, all we ever see it is, is. The jerseys. It's like a, it's like a what else futon is going back on? there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is that for that where you make the guest stay with all your football cards? Well, I should I should mention as I'm recording this podcast, I've got Mosher's carpeting across the hall working on the baby room right now. And I'm supporting uh, Mosher's carpeting with the nice little shirt that I forgot to send you. Uh yeah, yeah. I was gonna say that's all right. You know, right. I tried to uh listen, if you are in the uh, Pennsylvania area and you need some carpeting, Mosher's carpeting, uh good business go. run by uh Marcus's uncle, uh yeah. more commonly known as the person Marcus has to play golf with almost every day. Yeah, we got a three o'clock uh, tea time. We better hurry up and get going with this yeah. podcast. And actually, we're going to do a little bit different podcast today for us. So we every once in a while we do a um, a little fantasy t- talk, and we rarely do a full podcast dedicated to fantasy. We've probably done what two or three at the most, I'm yep. guessing, if that many. But today we thought I mentioned on um, yesterday's podcast. If you didn't catch that, we kind of updated. You guys on everything that's going on, the major news stories and the Raiders awesome draft classes. Uh, And so on the subject of draft classes, I mentioned uh, that, you know, it's last second fantasy draft time for tons of people out there. I'm sure there's going to be just a kabillion fantasy drafts this weekend for all the people that wanted to wait until everything is kind of settled, as opposed to the people that do it early on. And so we thought we would do kind of Marcus's top 12, like what should a first round of a well-performed <laughs> draft to sure. look like. And so uh, we've got his uh, top 12 picks uh, listed. And then uh, also, let's see, what are these are the top eight right here. So we're going to have to start with the bottom four, I'm guessing. No, we're um, going to go top. We're going to go top to bottom. Oh, we are going top to bottom. So Minnesota is pick 12. No, no, one. We're going to go. We're going to go in uh, ascending oh, okay. order. Oh, okay. All right. I, I, I got confused because I thought no. you were going to do it in descending. I thought, well, no, no, that, that it would have been hard. We're going to go from ascending order and we should start with the, the easy 101. It's Justin Wait a minute. Je- Don't. No, it's Justin Jefferson. I, I wanted to guess. I wanted to guess. Who did you think it was going to be like <laughs> Bernard Barian? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Justin Jefferson is an easy, easy choice. I mean, especially with everyone playing PPR now, right? Yeah. One point PPR. 
well, then one point PPR, one point for every first down, a half a <laughs> yeah. point for every target. First down celebration, you get a half a point. Uh, Justin Jefferson is the clear 101. He's going to get 180 targets again. I think Minnesota is going to be in a bunch of shootouts this year because, Elliot, I'm going to read you. They're starting cornerbacks right now. It's mm-hmm. a Caleb Evans, Cameron Bynum, Makai Becton, or Makai Blackman, and Najee Thompson. You think Terrence Newman's in shape? I mean, <laughs> you think he'd give you 18 slot snaps right now? Yeah, yeah, maybe. Maybe only red zone, but uh, still, you know, don't give him as far as to run. I get it. I get it on this. Isn't it unusual to you how much things have changed? Well, I feel like you wanted to make a point. So make your no, point. No, no, you're I, right. I because I, growing up in the, I mean, I grew up in fantasy football, right? Like I remember in 2005, 2006, 2007, we had to make special rules where if you drafted LaDainian Tomlinson one overall, you forfeited your second round pick, right? Because the running back was just so important and getting a guy like LT was just, it gave you such an advantage. Now, for the most part, you want to load up on wide receivers and figure out running backs later. It, it, it's just, it's changed so much. Yeah, I, and so it's so rare that a wide receiver would ever be drafted number one. Now, you could make the argument maybe Calvin Johnson kind of in his height 11, 12, 13, Calvin Johnson may have creeped up there. I know there were some drafts that Aaron Rodgers went number one back in like 2011 because he'd give you a couple of rushing touchdowns along with 40-something throwing touchdowns and a lot of gross yards, and he had a great stable of receivers. Uh, But Justin Jefferson, I think, is inarguable. That's why I was giving Marcus a hard time because there's no way it would be anybody else. Um, Okay, now. Number two, I think there are a lot of arguments to be made. Yeah. I think I know who you went with here, but let's hear it. Yeah, so f- in most drafts right now, the, the guy that I have ranked at number two is not who is con- by consensus who it is. It's For me, it's Christian McCaffrey. And look, I understand the injury concerns. He's going to get banged up. He's going to miss some games. It's going to happen. But when I'm drafting, I want to draft like I'm right. Because if Christian McCaffrey hits and he stays healthy for, let's say, 15 and a half games, you're probably going to win your league. I I don't care about trying to get sixth and seventh. I want to win my leagues. Having a healthy Christian McCaffrey is one of the biggest advantages that you can have uh, in fantasy football because he's going to catch 70 to 80 passes. He's going to average five yards a carry. He's going to score touchdowns. He's even going to throw touchdowns like we saw last year. I'm willing to gamble uh, on Christian McCaffrey here at number two. Yeah, I do think it is a gamble, but again, with so many leagues now playing a full point, a point per reception, that's pretty much your standard now, or it used to be kind of the anomaly. A guy like Christian McCaffrey's value goes so much higher, because let's be honest, Christian McCaffrey's not going to run for 15, 1600 yards and 20 touchdowns. They're not going to use him as a thumper. He's a good running back. He's a thousand yard back. He's not that kind of guy that's going to be the workhorse. He's not Derrick Henry. No. So you have to have that pass catching ability, but you do need him to stay healthy. And I do worry about that a little bit, but I think I'd be worried about that for your third overall pick as well. Yeah. Jamar Chase for the Bengals. I, you worry about his health, right? He dealt with a hip injury last year that caused him to miss four or five games. And then you always worry about the, the health of his quarterback and Joe Burrow. The good news is Burrow is back at practice today. So it seems like he's on track for week one and you're, you, the reason why I like Chase so much here at number three is you're gambling on like a 23-year-old who hasn't hit his ceiling yet, who's one of the most dynamic receivers in football. He's not going to get the catches that Justin Jefferson's going to get, but he has a chance to score 14, 15 touchdowns this year. Yeah, I, I, I mean, 
you just watch this is one of those eyeball test guys isn't he i mean more than other receivers you watch jamar chase and he just seems to be a little bit better than everybody else yep. anybody that covers him he just seems to be a better overall athlete he just seems to know what he's doing out there for such a young receiver which is impressive and then he's already got the communication and connection down with Joe Burrow, and you really wonder how many years are these guys going to spend together? Because if they both stay healthy and they spend a lot of years together, they could break kind of all the tandem sure. records uh, that are out there. You know, the great tandems being uh, both Joe Montana and Jerry Rice, Steve Young and Jerry Rice, Rob Gronkowski and Tom Brady have amazing uh, numbers together. But I, this could end up being the best. We'll have to see. Okay, number four, we've got a Kansas City Chief. Might be a little high for this guy, given his age. I, I don't know who this is. I'm guessing who it is. I think this is Travis Kelsey. Yeah. So Yeah, it's Travis Kelsey. Um, If you get the opportunity to pick your draft spot this year, I think you want a top four pick because I think it falls off a lot after the top four. And I know a lot of people don't have Travis Kelsey here, but I do because you look at the receivers on this team and it's, a second-year Sky Moore, a first-year Rashi Rice, really a first-year Justin uh, Justin Ross, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Kadarius Tony, who can't stay healthy. And all that tells me is that Travis Kelsey is going to get like double-digit targets every week, lock it in. I know he's older, but he just he's going to be so far and away the best tight end in your fantasy league this year from week to week that I am okay drafting him here at number four. Yeah, I think 100 catches or so, 1,400 yards and 10 to 12 touchdowns is extremely, extremely doable. And that's when you're talking about a guy that can make the Pro Bowl with 800 and something yards at tight end position, you see the discrepancy there. And I remember back in 2011, 2012, when there was a big debate on where do you draft 2011 going into 2012, there was a big debate on where do you draft Rob Gronkowski? And no one could wrap their brains around drafting a tight end in the first round. And I used to talk about it, Matt Money Smith on Fantasy Live, that you're getting so much more production from Gronk than the guy you're playing against who's running Anthony Fasano out there that you should spend a first round pick. And we were just talking about maybe at the turn, like at yeah. 12 yeah. or maybe at 10. You're talking about four, but I don't, I don't have any problem with it. The age is really the the only, the only uh, consideration there. Okay, so number five, I'm pretty sure this is a former chief. Yeah, it is a former chief. It's Tyreek Hill, uh, 1,700 yards in his first year with Miami. Now, the age is creeping up a little bit. I believe he's going to be 30 during this year. But we saw no signs of him dropping off. In fact, I thought last year was his best year ever in the NFL. You've got to imagine that the quarterback situation is going to be a little bit more stable than it was last year after – Tua missed was it five games, and then it was Teddy Bridgewater for a couple games, and then it was Skylar Thompson. Uh, they upgraded the offensive line. I, I just think that Tyreek Hill is, you know, I think he's going to average about 100 yards per game. He's a good bet to score double-digit touchdowns and probably going to catch 100 passes or so this year. And if you're drafting in the middle of round one, he feels relatively safe. Well, the interesting thing here is I never wanted to have the top overall pick. But so far through the first five, uh, the top overall pick, Justin Jefferson, at least you're uh, deeming him the overall top overall pick, comes with so much less risk than all these other guys. Yeah. Uh, McCaffrey and Chase's injury history, Kelsey's age. And with Tyree Kill, I think Tua, the question mark is still there with him. And, uh, to, you know, I think Tyree Kill can be productive with anybody, but I do think there would be a major drop off, as you said. Mm -hmm. And when you're, Spending the fifth overall pick 
you really need to be getting a, a great player. I think this is the pick I would not want in my I fantasy guess. draft. I do uh, not want to be picking fifth overall. I either want to be right near the top or give me one like the swing pick at 12, I think so far. But, but let's agree. go. Yeah, let's go to the uh sixth overall pick here. It's Austin Eckler, who has finished as the RB1 in PPR leagues in back-to-back years. I think Kellen Moore is going to help Justin Herbert push the ball down the field a little bit more, which might mean fewer targets for Eckler in the passing game. But you just look at that backfield, there's really nobody else there that's going to challenge him for snaps. So you're still talking about one of the best receiving backs in the league, somebody who gets all of the goal line work on an offense that you and I both think is going to be really, really good this year. And, oh yeah, by the way, on a team that we think is going to be in a bunch of shootouts. So if you want to grab an early running back here, I think Austin Eckler is the clear-cut RB2 for me. Yeah, I think one of the things about Austin Eckler, this kind of gets into that, what I, you know, fantasy analysis. And fantasy analysis has always been, well, you know, it's trend. Really, honestly, it's following trends and it's following numbers. If we look at it from more of a football standpoint, like, Okay, but why does Austin Eckler get all the goal line work? Why why does he score a fair number of touchdowns? And the thing is, is I think he's been a little bit mis... I don't want to say he's underrated, but maybe misdiagnosed as a great player. It's always about his pass-catching ability. He is a very efficient runner. Not a yep. lot of wasted movement, and he's a lot tougher than people give him credit for. He can run inside, and if you watch him run inside the five or whatever, he makes one little subtle cut, a little subtle move here. He's always leaning forward and he's tough. In other words, if you don't, if you hit him, he doesn't really go backwards. You know what I yep. mean? And yep. that's why he gets that work. Well, that's really important because look, I, fantasy is still heavily based on touchdowns. You get a 10 or 12 touchdown guy. It's a lot different than getting a guy that scores three, four or five. Remember that was sometimes the complaint with Julio Jones. Sure. He'd give you all these gross numbers, but you just weren't getting the big touchdown numbers. Yeah, and I, I think that's why Eckler is still going to be really valuable this year because he's going to give you the touchdowns. I believe he has something like 38 touchdowns over the last two years. I don't expect that to be the trend this year of him scoring 19 or so touchdowns, but 14, 15, absolutely. Yeah, and if you're scratching your head that I compared him to Julio Jones, I'm just saying that like someone like Des Bryant, who was a real red zone threat all the time, scored a lot of touchdowns, was a little bit different player than Julio Jones. The Cowboys just seemed to go to Des Bryant in the end zone. The year Calvin Johnson had 1,900 yards receiving, I think he actually only had five touchdowns receiving. So, uh, you know, it doesn't always translate gross yardage to touchdowns. Uh, Some guys don't score as much because the way the offense uses them. And all I'm trying to say is that Austin Eckler, you can hang your hat on the fact that this team is going to use him because of the way he runs the ball. Okay, yep. let's go to uh, pick seven. Got a Ram. Gee, I wonder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they might be the only Ram that you draft in your fantasy league this year. Skoranek? Uh oh, Ben Skoranek? No. Uh, yeah. It's Cooper Cup. Now, everybody remembers the 2021 season where he was the Offensive Player of the Year. Absolutely fantastic season, right? But last mm-hmm. year, before he got hurt, I think people forget, in the eight games that he started and finished, he was averaging 108 yards per game he had 72 catches in those eight games and scored seven touchdowns. Like he was on pace to have the same type of year, score double digit touchdowns and catch 150 plus passes. And now there's just less competition for targets, right? Allen Robinson's gone. All they have left in the passing game is your guy, Ben Skoranek, Van Jefferson and Tutu Atwell. Like there's just a chance that we see Cooper, uh, you know, Cooper Cup get, 
200 targets this year from, from the Rams. Yeah. So I would say if I'm sitting at number five, which we've kind of identified is that's a spot in your fantasy draft that you don't want to be this year. This is who I'm taking. Okay. Um, because the lack of targets for Matt Stafford, the fact that Matt Stafford is healthy and probably very motivated. This is an incredibly young team. Uh, they're they're going to need Cooper Cup both in the locker room and on the field. And I think Cooper Cup's an amazing player. And I just don't think there's many question marks as Tyreek Hill. This was the first injury he'd really had, major injury uh, for Cooper Cup that I can remember. He's still a relatively young player. He came out, what, 17? Isn't that right? I think that was. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So you're looking at year seven. He's in his prime. Uh, This would be pick number five uh, for me. But I I still love having him in your top 10 here. I think he's been a little forgotten because of the way last season ended, not only for the team, but for him uh, personally. Okay. Let's go. Uh, I think we got another running back here. This is probably my probably my favorite pick. Like if I could pick the one spot that I want to be in, I really like number eight because most of the time you can grab Nick Chubb here. You fill that RB one spot, and you're getting somebody with just insane consistency from week to week in a ridiculous ceiling. Last year, with all the noise that was going on at quarterback, he had 1,700 yards on this team and 13 touchdowns. That's with splitting work with Kareem Hunt, who's no longer there. That offensive line got even better this offseason. Deshaun Watson is in year two. They added playmakers at receiver. I just don't, I have a hard time believing that Chubb isn't going to see 350 touches and be really effective again. Let me ask you a question here because I haven't seen, I've, we've got the rundown from Brinks. Uh, great job by Courtney here uh, in front of us. And I see one through eight. I don't know what your nine through 12 is, but if I'm out there and I'm, you know, uh, thinking about my fantasy draft, I'm first thing I'm thinking here is why not AJ Brown here? Now I'm just making the case for it. AJ Brown had a big year last year. I think Jalen hurts is going to be a little bit better this year. Take another step forward. They like to use AJ Brown in the red zone. Maybe he doesn't catch as many balls as Devonte Smith. But I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Philadelphia's best running back uh, left the team. I wouldn't be surprised if they throw the ball even a little bit more this year. Why Chubb over A.J. Brown? I think it's position scarcity, right? You look at the running back situations across the league, especially now with Jonathan Taylor being out for the first four games of the year. There's just not many of these running backs that are the clear-cut workhorse guy on what I think is going to be a good offense. I think what you should do, if you can get one of these picks – Take somebody like Nick Chubb here at eight and then just see what receiver falls to you at the top of round two, because I can guarantee you that Nick Chubb or a running back similar to him won't be available to you in the in the next round. Well, as we flip the rundown, I'm expecting to see a Falcons graphic here. There it is. There it is. I knew it. You're such a jerk. Wow. No A.J. Brown, no Eagles graphics. So I guess you don't agree with me at all. No, A.J. Brown. That's interesting. To to your credit, to your credit, most of the ADP, the average draft position, that's right where A.J. Brown is going. But it's pretty close between this next group of four names and A.J. Brown. So it just depends a little bit on your league setting. So A.J. Brown's going around nine. Yep. Somewhere between nine and 13. Yep. Nine and 13. Okay. Uh but I can make a case for all these guys, too. So uh, this, I believe, would be the only rookie on our list. Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, it used to be one of these things where you just don't draft rookies early in your draft because there's so much uncertainty, right? They would always go like in the third or fourth round of your drafts, the rookie running backs. But I think I think now with the way that rookie running backs are being treated, you just know that they're going to get a ton of work. So 
I've got Bijan Robinson here at number nine. I love that offensive line. I love Arthur Smith's run game. I think he's really creative. I think they're going to use Bijan as a receiver out of the backfield. My only question about Bijan is this offense. Like, are they going to be in the red zone enough for him to score 13, 14 touchdowns? I don't know, but I'm betting here on the talent and the situation. Yeah, I, I totally understand this one. I'm kind of zoning in on number 10 because I disagree with this one because I'm pretty sure I know who number 10 is. Uh, I, I love Bijan here. I think it's a risk, yes, but it's fun. You know, it, it makes your it makes your fantasy season more fun to take a highly touted rookie and especially a running back, as we've talked about ad nauseum on this pod. You know, that running backs are just bashed all the time. And yet, for some reason, everyone's really gung-ho on this guy. So, listen... We've already established in our last pod um, that at 24 and a half, you're officially done as a running back. So, Bijan, your career is almost over, apparently. Uh, You want Bijan. He's a fun fun pick. Uh, Next one. What is he, 21? Yeah, 21. All right. All right. Let's get to number 10 because there's no way I'm taking this guy at number 10. Uh, Stephon Diggs. So, here's the argument for Stephon Diggs. You are attached to one of the top five quarterbacks in the league on an offense that's going to score a bunch of points. And Mm -hmm. in the last three seasons in Buffalo, he's averaging 1,400 yards per season, double-digit touchdowns, and 112 receptions. Like, you're just getting a ridiculous amount of consistency here. Now, he does turn 30 this year, and it doesn't bother me too much. I think at the back end of round one is where I'm comfortable taking Stephon Dix. Okay, here's my arguments against it. Uh, Number one, there's players I like better. Right here, uh, starting so yeah, starting with uh, you know the guy I mentioned for the Eagles, and uh, you know, well, I can make the case for the two guys you have after him, uh, but a couple things here with with him with Stephon Diggs, uh, we don't really know what's going on with Josh Allen. Gabe Davis had a bad year last year. I think he'll be better. Uh, they got nothing from Shakir last year. You, you impressed that I actually remembered his name this Please time? Shakir. No, you did a good job. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I didn't call him Jacoby Eason, but I almost did. Uh, you've got a rookie tight end that they want to work into the offense, and you've got a tight end that they already had. There's a lot of targets. This is a target-rich environment now for Josh Allen. And I think Sean McDermott, believe it or not, is actually one of the few people left who wants to win and not just follow groupthink. Sorry, that was my shot across the bow for everybody. I wouldn't be surprised if Buffalo runs more this year, takes the ball a little bit out of Josh Allen's hands, because honestly, the turnovers, as we talked about last year, really hurt this team in spots. I'm not saying that Josh Allen won't throw for 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns. I'm sure he will. But if he has three or four less pass attempts a game, would that surprise you? No, it wouldn't surprise me. I just don't know. Is that just one fewer target for Stephon Diggs every game? Yeah. But that might be enough. What if, then there's a 49ers player that I wouldn't mind seeing here as well, uh, which he's nowhere to be found on your list, but whatever. Uh, okay, let's go to the next guy. Is it Kyle Huszczyk? No. Oh. Um, we'll talk about that guy at the end. Uh, yeah. the Jet, uh, my next one, New York Jets, Garrett Wilson. Mm-hmm. Now, it's a little bit of a projection. The good news is that Garrett Wilson had 1,100 yards last year with nothing at quarterback. Now that he gets Aaron Rodgers... You would expect the efficiency to go up. But what I'm projecting here is for the volume to go up as well. We know that Aaron Rodgers typically likes to latch on to one or two receivers, and he just peppers them with targets. I wouldn't be surprised if Garrett Wilson gets 145, 150 targets. And with not a lot else at receiver and tight end, Alan Lazard, 
Randall Cobb, McCall Hardman, Tyler Conklin. Maybe he sees even more volume from that. But I, I, I love taking Garrett Wilson at the back end of round one. You know, quarterbacks do not put up big numbers in this stadium. It just historically has been borne out. I mean, how many quarterbacks have had huge seasons at this stadium? Really? I mean, Hart, Chad Pennington for like a year. I wasn't even really a huge season, no. you know, not by today's standards. No. And so I really wonder if the ball's a little bit harder to throw in this stadium, even than Lambeau. Yes, Lambeau gets very cold. It can be icy. But high winds, for example, are not an issue at Lambeau. Uh, it, it's not, you know. But Eli did it, though. You know, Eli okay, put up Eli, big e, Yeah, Eli had some nice seasons. I just, I'm just, i just wondering about that. Eli also it's had a very, some really big giveaway seasons. Sure, sure, okay? sure. All right. And so I just wonder if the Jets, and I really do think that their head coach wants to run the Rock. I really I do. And so I wonder if this is a little bit of a risk as well. There are a couple of guys that I think I'd rather take here than Garrett Wilson. I've already mentioned A.J. Brown, but I think I'd rather take C.D. Lamb of the Cowboys here uh, over Garrett Wilson. And C.D. Lamb over Stephon Diggs would be a really tough call. I got to wonder about Debo Samuel. Um, There's several players that I'm looking at. And uh, in case you guys are wondering why I'm talking so much and Marcus isn't, it's because he's frozen and he's he's frozen with a really upset look on his face. So I don't like the fact, I don't, or I don't think he likes the fact that I'm poo pooing his pick. That's all right. I was just telling everyone you were frozen. You didn't like the the fact that I was poo pooing your pick. I was saying that I think Garrett Wilson's a little too much of a risk for me this high. It's fair. I I think I might take CD Lamb over Garrett Wilson, and I think I would take Tony Pollard over Garrett Wilson. Those are both. Um, so- uh, Cowboys, and I see you have a Cowboys graphic coming up. And I just mentioned a second ago while you're frozen, uh, Debo Samuel is out there. Um, do you even look at Jalen Waddle here? I'm, I'm just throwing out a few guys. Uh, well, we haven't I mean, talked to any Seahawks either. No, uh, and let's you know. let's throw some other receivers. You've got Devontae yeah. Adams, who had a monster yes. year last year. Yes, you have Chris Olave, who I think is a rising star with the Saints. Yeah, you know, uh, there is a, a you you mentioned Waddle. Like all those are really viable names that you can get in the second, sometimes even the early third. The reason I have CeeDee Lamb here is, again, he's another really ascending receiver, only 24 years old. He's going into year four. He got better last year. When he ever, Whenever he has Dak under center, he averages about 90 receiving yards per game. My only concern is just the target competition. They got Brandon Cooks this year. Michael Gallup's healthy. Maybe Dak spreads the ball around a little bit more. But again, at the end of round one, taking a talent like CeeDee Lamb. And if you can go CeeDee Lamb, Garrett Wilson, back-to-back picks, I think that's a fantastic start. Yeah, by the way, I don't know if I said pick 14. I meant pick 12. That's the uh, first round. So CeeDee Lamb of the Dallas Cowboys uh, rounds out the first round for Marcus. Although, like I said, I, I why not Tony Pollard here? I think Tony Pollard is in the group of like the next three players that I would consider, whether it's Tony Pollard, Josh Jacobs, uh, or one of the receivers. That's that's the next group for me. But I think because Lamb is just so consistent week to week and he's not coming off a major injury, I, I, I think I would just go there. Who do you think? Who Who's the best? So, we, again, CeeDee Lamb pick number 12, and we had Garrett Wilson pick 11 and Stefan Diggs pick 10. So we ended up with three wide receivers mm-hmm. as we head into the second round. So there's still some good running backs out there. Number one, uh, first question is, 
who would be your top running back left on the board? If this if this uh, is how the draft went, who's the who's the next running back, or who's the running back that you would have been most prone to put at spot twelve? So most drafters are putting Saquon Barkley here at 12, mm-hmm. 13, or 14. Mm-hmm. I still think there's some uncertainty there. I I don't know. I, I just there's something about that situation I don't love. Maybe it's the health. For me, it's Josh Jacobs. Now that he's back and he signed a one-year deal with the Raiders, there's just nothing behind him. And he's a great receiver. He's gonna play on all three downs. And oh, by the way, he just led the NFL in rushing yards and yards ah, from scrimmage ding. last year. We met right? a quota. Yeah. If you can get him in the second round on an offense that I think is going to be pretty balanced, why not? All right, top overall player not not listed here. Debo. Mm. No, I, you can get Debo a lot later, and I think it's. I know you can. I was just talking about top football player. Sorry. Oh, you're, the, you're saying the best football player, like the best one we didn't mention. Well, Patrick Mahomes would obviously be the one. Well, but yes, who would be your top fantasy? Well, but let, let's. Here? Just a little strategy thing. If you're in a regular redraft 12-team, one-quarterback league, I really recommend trying to get an early pick, draft Travis Kelsey at four or five or wherever you can get him, and then go ahead in second round. I I usually don't recommend this, but draft Patrick Mahomes. And if you've got that Mahomes-Kelsey stack, you're going to be loving your team almost every single week because I think – and we talked about this on yesterday's show. If Chris Jones is out for a couple games or half the season or whatever, this Chiefs offense might literally have to score 40 points a game to win. And they're going to have to do it through Mahomes and through Kelsey. Okay. Do you think Saquon's the best player left available? No, I think it's Chris Olave. Okay. So let's say Chris Olave. That's who you think is the best player left available. Yep. Okay. Yep. But there's a difference between the best player left available and then actual fantasy strategy. So, in other words, if you had the twelve, if I have the twelfth overall pick, and I did what you told me, okay, I took CD Lamb at twelve. Given the guys that went off the board, who would you recommend I take? In other words, do I want to take Alave and CD Lamb? Given that CD Lamb and this new offense may not have huge numbers, and I don't have a running back yet, see what I mean? Like I don't know that that would actually be a smart pairing. Yeah, it's why I'd like to try to grab a running back and a receiver early, unless unless you just feel really comfortable about being able to find a running back in rounds five, six, and seven. Maybe you feel great about David Montgomery or Khalil Herbert mm-hmm. or whoever, mm-hmm. but. I like to at least get a number one receiver and a number one running back that I can rely on week in and week out. Yeah. Okay. So let's say I'm trying to follow your advice or someone out there is thinking the same thing. I don't know that Saquon's the right running back to take here uh, with the Giants offense and the tread there with Saquon. He's had a lot of injuries. I'm not taking Tony Pollard and CD Lamb as my first and second round pick. Not a new offense. Uh, it's, no it's way. Too much. It's too much it, from one offense, right? It's yeah. That's not like stacking. Stacking Pollard and CD Lamb is not stacking Mahomes no. and Kelsey. No. Fortunately. Okay. So if I'm not taking Saquon, and I'm not going to take Tony Pollard, is there another another running back I can take here, or do you think I should just do like well, a CD Lamb, AJ what, Brown combo platter? What What about Josh Jacobs? Okay, I could do it. I could do it. But I think, again, I think for me, I would probably go ahead and take the risk of not getting the running back here and go ahead and grabbing A.J. Brown here and having a guy that I think is going to have a big year. And then, honestly, I think Devontae Smith's a really safe play. I know you can get him lower than this, but Mm -hmm. he caught 96 balls last year. It's kind of second fiddle. What if he's not second fiddle? He could catch 110. 
and and now when you get a receiver that catches 110 balls and you're playing full point PPR, they should be a first round pick. Yeah, and, uh, and that's so, and that's why we like this end of the first round because you're just going to get two really good football players. Whether you go wide receiver, wide receiver, or running back, wide receiver, I think for the most part you're really going to like your team. And I should say real quick, uh, we're assuming all of you guys play fantasy. The reason I'm asking Marcus these questions is most drafts are snake drafts. So if you have the 12th overall pick, you get the first pick of the second round, which is the 13th overall pick. So whoever's picking 12, and if they're taking C.D. Lamb, these are the kind of things they have to go through in their head. If they take Garrett Wilson 12th, they have to think, okay, I'm taking a little bit of a risk because this kid hasn't quite done it yet, not to this degree. I better take a, a more consistent player you don't want to have two risks you don't want to have two yeah. guys on the same team if they're in a new offense if you're taking Bijan robinson at 12 i don't know that i want to take chris Olave at 13 you're you're banking on two really young players again i like to mix and match you know what i mean sure. so uh, i i think i i think if i'm taking a really young player like garrett wilson or i'm taking Bijan robinson at the end of the draft when i come at the end of the first round when i come back around the top of the second round I want the most consistent players out there. So that's the last question I have for you. Who do you think are the most consistent guys left on the board if you're somebody that took a little bit of a risk here in the first round with Bijan? I'm going to say the same thing that I've said for like the last three answers. I think it's Josh Jacobs, right? Because yep. he's consistent because if they're winning games, he's going to be the guy finishing out the games, You know, getting all the touches. If sure, they're down sure. in games, he's going to be on the field catching passes from Jimmy Garoppolo when they're in hurry-up mode. And he gets the goal line uh, uh, carries. I'd also mention Devontae Adams because he's going to get so many targets in this offense. I think if you go with a Bijan in in round one, I would love to come back and get a Devontae Adams in round two and just feel great that I've got a, a all-pro receiver matched up with my first-round pick at running back. Yeah, I think George Kittle and Debo Samuel are remarkably consistent players. However, injuries are a concern yeah. there and also the – quarterback situation um you know that being said there are a lot of good players we didn't mention you know derrick henry's been remarkably consistent mm-hmm. when he's been healthy but he's an older player now so that makes it a little bit tricky, offensive but, line yeah uh last question from me who's the first quarterback off the board and where does he go for the most part i would say it's going to be patrick mahomes and i think in your home leagues he's going to go middle second round late second round but in a lot of the leagues i i play in it's actually Josh Allen because Josh Allen's going to put up similar passing numbers to Patrick Mahomes. The difference is he's going to add in 700 to 800 rushing yards and maybe double-digit rushing touchdowns. So I think if you can wait to grab Josh Allen, maybe a round, maybe a half a round later, I think that's a better value than taking Patrick Mahomes, let's say at pick 17. Yeah, I, I think if you're in a really competitive fantasy league where people are really trying to win – I think Allen and Mahomes are probably going to go in the late third round or mid third round because yep. people are hesitant to take quarterbacks high. And that's too high for me. I'm not taking a quarterback with my first three picks. I, I either want uh, two ba- receivers and a back or two backs and a receiver, or I want a running back, a receiver, and Travis Kelsey. That would be my so overall strategy. My last thing for me before we go. So if you're passing on quarterbacks early, which I've been doing yes. all summer long when I'm yep. drafting, you've got to have a quarterback that you like that's kind of outside the top eight or nine names. Is there one quarterback that you're drafting this year that you think, you know, I, I just think he could have a monster fantasy season. Oh, I'll give you mine. We're, con- you we're, we're, we're considering, we're considering Trevor Lawrence as part of that yes. top eight, yes. I assume. Okay. Yes. 
Uh, um, I'll go, give you mine ahead. if you want to think. Yeah. Yeah. Why couldn't Geno Smith have like 35 touchdowns this year? They brought back DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. They've got Jackson Smith and Jigba. They've got a really good offensive line. They got two running backs that can catch the ball out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. Why isn't this the year that they open up the offense a little bit more? Uh, I, I agree with you. I think I like Jared Goff as much there because he's in a climate-controlled environment. He had a really tough year on the road last year. Um, but if we could just drop a little lower than that, in other words, if you say, okay, Gino is the guy I'm targeting, what round do you think you could realistically get Gino in? Mostly 12, Eight? 13 round. You can usually get him later because he's being drafted as like the 16th or 17th quarterback right now. See, and I, I think... I think by the bottom of the eighth, top of the ninth, you should start looking that way. Okay. If you've drafted it, see, because if you wait until the 12th, yeah, I think it's, I'm not saying that Geno Smith deserves to go in the eighth or ninth round, but I think if you wait until the 12th, he's not going to be there. Well, that's let's, the let's, problem. Let's run through the quarterbacks really quickly. You have Mahomes, yep. you've got Josh Allen, you've got Jalen Hurts, and then mm-hmm. you get into Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, Justin yep. Herbert. And yep. then uh, Lamar Jackson, I, I forgot him as well. So you're already talking about seven or eight quarterbacks there. And then it's Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, Anthony Richardson because of the 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 mobility. I forgot Justin Fields, who's usually yep. being drafted inside the top five or six quarterbacks. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then it gets to be like, are you betting on Aaron Rodgers in a new situation? Are you betting on Kirk Cousins, who's going to put up 35 touchdowns every year? Do you bet on Daniel Jones, who gives you rush, rushing upside? Gino is typically, and Jared Goff are typically going after that top 13 or 14 quarterbacks. See, and I don't agree with that because I don't know that Dak Prescott's going to have as good as offensive season. If, if, and like I said, the Cowboys are in a new offense. Dak Prescott's had a little bit trouble staying healthy. Uh, And, you know, I, what if they, they use Tony Pollard a lot? I mean, I I think there's a lot of questions. We're not talking about how good these guys are. We're talking about what kind of gross numbers they're going to put up. Like, I would be very leery of Aaron Rodgers, and I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a good year, but I don't think the Jets are going to air it out as much as well, other people do. That's I, what I'm... I, I don't think Aaron Rodgers has thrown for 300 yards in a game in 22 straight starts. Right. So if I'm not criticizing these quarterbacks. I think Dak and Aaron Rodgers are both top 10 quarterbacks in the league easily, but that doesn't mean they're top 10 fantasy quarterbacks. I'd much rather have Justin Fields than either one of those guys as my sure. fantasy quarterback. Um, you, I think Lamar Jackson, you have to worry about the injuries. I see your point. I think for me, Geno Smith would be around. I, I, I see your point because if he's around the 11th or 12th fantasy quarterback, I guess you could wait that long because you're going to be the last seems- one drafting them, right? If you're going to be, if you haven't drafted a quarterback, there's really no rush. Most people aren't going to draft their backup quarterback in rounds 10 or 11, you know, most likely unless Unless you're the kind of person that gets either Lamar Jackson or Aaron Rodgers, there's a chance that those two teams in the league, those guys are going to draft their backups in round 10. Or Tua. Yeah, or Tua. And so, but I I think you're right on that. So I'm too ahead of the game there. One guy I was going to say that I think would even go lower than any of these guys, if you're in a little bit deeper league, I know a lot of people play in a 14-team league. I think Matt Stafford could still come back and have a good year. This is a team that is not going to be in a lot of close games unless Sean McVay coaches his butt off. But even if he does, they're going to have to throw the ball to win. Do you disagree with that? Oh, they're going to have to, right? Right. And if you're talking about a stack, the Cooper Cup, Matt Stafford stack, it may not be, it's Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey light. I think you could probably get Matt Stafford in round 14. Would you right around where people are starting to look at kicker? I would take my, I would actually take the best fantasy defense I could find at like round 12 
and I'll take Matt Stafford in round 14. I know, yeah, I'm that guy. I draft defense a sure. little early. And uh, then get my kicker in 15. So one more name for, for me before we go. So I love taking Geno in rounds 13, 14. I like taking Tua because if Tua gets hurt, you can just grab somebody else. And maybe you grab a guy like this. I In most of the drafts that I do, Sam Howe is somebody that you can pick up in free agency. But when you look at his receivers, there's Terry McLaurin, who I love, Jahan Dotson, a first-round receiver, Curtis Samuel, Eric Bieniemy now calling plays. That rushing up, up, upside just matters so much. So if I can put Sam Howell on my bench, stash him. Remember, Washington plays a really hard schedule this year. They play, obviously, their own division, which has a mm-hmm. bunch of great offenses. They play the AFC East, and they play the NFC West. I think they're going to be in a lot of shootouts. So I think Sam Howell's going to have to throw the ball. I love him as a high upside QB2. What about McLaurin? Sounds like he might miss week one, but should be good, good to go early in September. Yeah, because that would be huge. Yeah, you know, if he's huge. gone an extended amount of time, he's a really good play, Terry McLaurin, for the uh, Washington Commanders. I just think with Geno Smith, I don't think he's going to be there if you were waiting to to pick him. It's because possible. if you start if you start going through all these quarterbacks, you realize it it could be very easy with the high expectations for Jared Goff to fall back to the pack. I think he's going to have a good year, and I like that he where he plays at home, but he could. I told you, Dak Prescott, I think there's going to be question marks in a new offense. Again, I think he's a good player, but we're talking about gross numbers here. We're talking about fantasy. That, 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 right. We're talking yeah. about fantasy. We're not talking about whether or not Dak is the eighth best quarterback or not. Ditto Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, for all we know, Aaron Rodgers could be a top three quarterback this year in the league. Yeah. We've kind of, well, you know. And, and look at Aaron Rodgers. Even the two years that he won the MVP, he didn't finish as a top five fantasy quarterback. So, if, if Rodgers can't be a top-five fantasy quarterback two, three years ago, what makes you think he's going to be able to do it now? Right. With Richardson, you're banking that he's going to play um, and that also that, you know, look, yeah, he can run. That's great. But what if he struggles mightily and they have to take him out of the lineup? Ditto Justin Fields. If they if he really struggles in the passing game, it doesn't matter that he can run, that you've got to still be able to make plays sure. down the field. These are young players that could still have some regression. And so – and then, of course – you always have injuries. You've mentioned it many times. Seattle's weapons, boy, they're as good as mm-hmm. almost every quarterback you've mentioned here. So I just don't think he's going to be available that late. But that is enough. Five minutes of Geno Smith talk I know. is absolutely Look at Gino, enough. Though. He's You're, fun to root for in your fantasy league. So I will also say that. Yeah. Final thoughts, sir, on uh, fantasy first round strategy. Yeah. Again, if you have the opportunity to pick where you want to draft, I would say you want to pick inside the top four. Or you want to pick in the final three in the first round because you're going to be able to get two receivers, like we mentioned, Garrett Wilson, C.D. Lamb, A.J. Brown. Or if you draft in the top three, four, you get one of the studs, McCaffrey, Justin Jefferson, Travis Kelsey, Jamar Chase. And then when it turns back around at the end of round two, beginning of the round three, that's when you can still get really good value at receiver. You can go McCaffrey, Devontae Adams, Jalen Waddle, and that's a fantastic start. Yeah, you can't pick your draft order. Most, at least, most leagues you can. It's pretty random. So if you get in that middle pack, that's difficult. I say identify Cooper Cup. I think it's a really yep. safe, safe pick for you. Uh, and he's also another fun guy uh, to root for. But uh, that's it for fantasy talk. If you want to talk dynasty fantasy talk, 
Follow Marcus's podcast that he does with a whole slew of people. It's the Locked On Dynasty podcast, of course, on the Locked On Network. Of course, he does Locked On Cowboys. He covers the Raiders for USA Today, Raiders Wire, and he started writing for the 33rd team, so check that out as well. Uh, we put a podcast up yesterday. I hope you like it. Some good news items in there. He is at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter. I'm at Harrison NFL on Twitter. We thank the good folks at Bet Online, at Believe, and at Brinks, and we will talk to you guys later. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.